G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to NRL Nation. We are getting close now to kick off. It's the Sharkies taking on the Raiders and Craig Fitzgibbons doing it all through Zoom. This is all thanks to Maccas. Footy's back and I'm loving it. Never miss a single try with Mac Delivery. It's Joel Kane alongside the great Scotty Sattler in commentary. And we are powered by Signet. Stay charged with Signet. And I can tell you this, a bloke would be charged up. There's no doubt about that. And the reason being, the reigning champions. People were writing him off saying, oh, clear he's out. They can't get the job done. They're back at home. This young fellow, Sean O'Sullivan, a local junior, he turns up, he puts the number seven on, not for the first time as a Panther, but the first time as a starting player in the NRL for the Penrith Panthers. And I'm pleased to say his dad, who's been along for all of the journey, Peter O'Sullivan, is on the line. And for the first time, Pete, it's not uh, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, the son of Peter O'Sullivan. It is Peter O'Sullivan, the father of Sean O'Sullivan. How are you, mate? Yeah, that's a bit ironic. Jolly, but that's the way it is now, so I'm very happy to have it that way. Mate, my hairs are standing up, and because, I mean, a talent scout and such a decorated career in doing that, and no doubt about that when you see a young player grace the field and you have saw them nice and early, you get very, very proud. And it, and it wasn't Sean's debut last night, but it was certainly something very, very different to that game, and I'm sure you felt that way. But what, what was the feeling um, last night, Pete, when you saw him run out there at a park that he'd been a local junior for you, he'd played with so many of these young players? How did you feel? And I'm, I'm asking from a dad point of view. Yeah, it was you're, you're 100%. It obviously wasn't his debut, but it did feel like that in uh, in the true sense of the word. You know, as you said, he, yeah, he came through the system there. He, he captain the SG ball to... Uh, to a, to a premiership the year after Nathan and Jerome when he was in that squad with those two fellas and then they won the national champ so yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a home homecoming and sometimes home's just home and I think you probably just see the way he played he was he was very comfortable so that was um yeah, it was it was it was really good to see him as a dad. Yeah, you could, I couldn't be prouder. There yeah, was a, a great interview post-game as well, Pete. And I'm not sure whether you've seen that yet, but uh, he was humble. He was excited. You could tell in his voice how excited he was. He was like a new kid, like you said, 18-year-old playing his first game. And he said it's the most nervous he's ever been. Did you sense that when he finally told you early on in the week? Um, it, well, I didn't sense it at all until he told me uh, the day before kickoff that uh, he said he sort of went to training, duffed a kick early, and he said he's never been so nervous in all his life, which was very surprising because he, he, he doesn't get nervous. I think he was, he was on standby in that grand final back in, you know, when he was a kid, and he said, I won't be one bit nervous if I run on. So I think probably the, you know, I wasn't quite sure what um, what was the reason for that, but I guess, you know, probably, you know, the back home and, and sort of taking over from Nate and the expectations were... Yeah, we're going to be pretty high on him, so I guess he was—he felt that in uh, some way. But as I said, he's not really a nervous type because because he prepares so well for his games. So, so I think uh, the prep probably took over from the nerves in the end. Yeah, when he moved uh, to southeast Queensland, and and you being in the game for so long, involved with you know a number of clubs, Pete, and you know the game back to front. Now. I've watched him in Queensland Cup, and I've got no doubt he's been frustrated at times not getting pecked in in uh, in the first grade squads with the NRL. But what advice were you giving him along that journey, more so as a dad, as as opposed to being a a man of rugby league? Yeah, I was basically, you know, basically to, to 
to trust the processes and, you know, that he would, you know, he, he, he would make it eventually if he kept doing what he was good at, you know. So, so I think, you know, the good thing about him last night was that he, he just did his role. You know, he just didn't try and go outside that. He just stuck to what he was good at and, and uh, trusted those processes. I think it was a, you know, a term Craig used to use all the time in the, back in the day at the storm, you know, uh, trust the process. So I think that was in, you know, along the way he's had some, you know, some injuries, you know, he had an ACL, so he couldn't get going. You know, he's obviously behind a fellow called Cooper Cronk at the Roosters, so he wasn't going to get a hell of a lot of game time there, but it was a great learning for him, you know. And, um, yeah, and then he was, you know, the second year back at the Broncos, you know, they chucked him in at the deep end the last three games of the year where, you know, off a knee rico where he hadn't trained or played for, you know, 10 months. So so that was always going to be a big task, you know. So last year was very important. You know, he got sort of a dozen or 13 games under his belt at the Warriors. And Nathan, you know, changed his game a little bit and, you know, taught him to play a little bit straighter in some different areas and really helped his helped his game in that regard. And, you know, probably set him up for to this year. And obviously, you know, with Nathan missing the first few games and hopefully a few games at Origin, but, you know, the plan was that he just, you know, gets, you know, six, seven, ten games under his belt this year. And, you know, hopefully... That'll be enough to get him his own team. Chatting with Peter O'Sullivan of the Dolphins. Um, Pete, now I, I saw Sean come through, and he's one of those blokes that's a very good goal kicker, actually. And you, you knew the kid could make it because if it was clutch, he had the mindset to get the job done. And I, I actually don't recall a time when, if he had to get it done, he didn't. He always got it done. And, and I won't lie to you, Pete, I was a little bit disappointed that he signed with Penrith, not for the reason that um, he's going to the Penrith Panthers, but I, I felt that he was ready to really become a first-grade halfback. And when the injury happened to Fogarty, I immediately thought, gee, they could have done with uh, Sean. Mm. Um, but uh, he was behind Cooper Cronk, and then he goes, okay, well, let's make it a little bit harder. Well, equally as hard, let's go behind Nathan Cleary. And I thought, why would you do that? But you just never know, do you, Sats, in, in, you know, in, I don't know, six months' time, and maybe there's a nine or a six or a seven that goes down. Next thing you know, Sean is playing in a grand final. What was the reason behind him going to the Panthers, aside from just coming home, Pete, the journey towards playing first grade was always going to be very difficult. Yeah, well, well, they wanted him for a start, so that was that was obviously important <laughs> to him, and he wanted he wanted to be there. So uh, you know, and he he felt comfortable. You know, he's he got coached by Cameron Sorolla before, so he's got a really strong relationship with him. He's built a good relationship with Webby there in the offense. So uh, you know, I just you know, I just think it was a good a good thing for him just to get those games under his belt. The other part which I even touched on when they interviewed him to go there, was about, you know, Nathan was going to miss a fair chunk of the off-season. So he had a team to run by himself over the off-season. And as you say, you know, no one's got a crystal ball. You don't know how many games he's going to play. But but I just thought a, a year, or what he thought a year with a good, strong club would, would be just what the doctor ordered. So uh, touch wood, it started well. And, um, you know, I had to put a pin, pin in his head this morning. So, <laughs> To get his uh, feet back on the ground, but he's a he's a real stable kid, so that won't be a problem for him, and he'll he'll go out and do the job next week again. Well, depth is always a problem at any club. Yeah. He had a great audition last night, so it's uh, well done. And proud for you as a family too, Pete, because uh, I, I bet you would had goosebumps when he ran out. Now with the Dolphins, knowing how exciting it is to have a, a new team in the comp, uh, being back at the Gold Coast Titans in the day, um, what's been the most challenging part of the role so far? Oh, I think time sat, so I guess, um, 
you know, you know, I think you know the NRL fellas come up and saw us a month or so ago. And just said, you know, if you do it again, you really need to give the the franchise another 12 months just to manipulate the market a little bit. And I say that in a good term. Mm. Like, yeah, we probably had I don't know roughly 30 odd percent of the market coming off contracts. Of that 30 percent that are coming off, there's probably a a fair percentage you you know you don't want, um, and of that you know the, the percentage that's left of that, you're still dealing with 16 other clubs, and so it's uh, it, time was time was a big factor. So I just think we probably needed to have a few more players coming off, and a little I think you know basically Wayne rang me uh, I think one or two days before November one, so there wasn't a lot of prep time in terms of uh, getting ready. So some more time would have been would have been beneficial, but it is what it is, and we'll you know we'll, we'll have a competitive team, and we'll we'll get we'll get the job done. Yeah, different discussions occur with players around uh, throughout the season if things aren't working out with their current clubs. But um, is one of the hurdles, Pete, with a new club is that some managers can use the new license to their advantage with their current club when it comes to negotiations. Oh, there's no doubt about it, mate. You know, there's you know we've. If we look at the list of players we've missed in the paper, you know, we've missed 400 so far. So, <laughs> so it's, um, you know, and we've never spoken to them. You know, one player in particular, you know, the manager come and met me and said, I've got this off the current club. And it was just in the paper every day that we were signing. And I said, mate, just go and take it. You know, like, we're going to be half of that. Mm. So, so yeah, there's no doubt that we were, we, we've been used as a bit of a pawn. So, but that's that's fine. That means that you know clubs are going to run out of money and players are going to have to be released halfway through the year. Yeah. You know, that's mm. it's, it's going to happen. So we're going to pick up some bargains throughout the year. We're just going to remain patient and you know buy the right players for the right money. And you know that's that's what works in a salary cap. If you you, you start paying overs and you know you get your you get your pants pulled down eventually. So. So, you know, as I said, we'll be patient, pay the right money, get the right people, and, you know, Wayne will coach them well. And, and um, you know, every year from 23 to 24, we'll get better. And, you know, we've already got some really good young players come into the, <clears throat> into the you know, top 36 of top 40. So really looking forward to seeing them progress and, and um, go about our business. Chatting with Peter O'Sullivan, who, uh, alongside Wayne Bennett, they're leading the charge at the Dolphins, this new franchise, which we know about. Uh, Pete, before you go, we can't let you go without this. Now, you can't win a competition. You, like, the teams we see sats in round one, mm-hmm. right, they never reflect what we see in September into October. So, therefore, you need depth, right? And most people have their assumptions based on the names they know, right? So, Peter O'Sullivan names, knows all the names that most of us don't know. Pete, if you had to choose four teams based on the rosters that are getting around at the moment, who you think might be the last four teams standing, who do you see at this early point? Yeah, I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about those things, Jolly. So mm. I just sort of sit, sit and enjoy what I'm, what I'm, what I'm watching. So, you know, clearly, you know, any team that has Oregon Kafusi, Ray Stone, and I think I don't know if he's in the starting team. Murata, I think, was named on the might have been named on the mm. bench. Murata near Cora. Any team that can have three bikes of that calibre on their bench, they're a serious, mm. they're a serious player. So, so I, I feel like they've got done some really good things, and you know they've been settled for a good while. So I think they're going to be hard to beat. And you know the obvious things. You know, Penrith have, have had a bit of a blow. You know, obviously they've lost 
some really good players, but they've got some good younger players coming through. But, you know, they're losing Capewell and, and those fellas that, you know, you know, Liam Martin wasn't even in their starting team at different stages, you know, and, you know, Tavita came came in late in the year. So, so you know, how they stack up, if, if their main team stays in the field, they're obviously going to be ultra-competitive, you know, Storm are just going to be there. They're just too many good players for too long. And, you know, I guess the usual suspects are, are going to be the usual suspects of, for this year as well. But I, I kind of think Parramatta, are, you know, they're in pretty good shape for me. So, so. And Sats, Parramatta. So Penrith have got a challenge. They've been up for two years. Mm. But it's not to say it can't be done, but Parramatta... Their last game of the year was a try apiece with the eventual premiers, yep. and that was without Reed Marnie. So mm. that's significant. I think it comes down to the maturity of Dylan Brown and Wanga Blake, whether yeah. they're willing to take that next step from a maturity and intelligence point of view. But, um, Pete, before we let you go, I just want to ask you about Wayne. Is he still having his afternoon naps? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. He, he's, he's switched on, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyone who talks about the afternoon naps. I haven't seen him, so he's, uh, he's actually he's actually incredible to watch. You know, like we've we've had some interviews and some Zoom calls, you know, with some people, and you know the the awe in which the people uh, talk to him and and hold in him is it's it's really quite special, you know. So he's uh, he's got an incredible presence and awe about him, and um, he keeps things very simple. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far, and uh, can't wait to get into signing for the players the rest of the year and then uh, watching them watching them go about their business next year. So yeah, good stuff. It, it's an honour to be with you. Well, Pete, uh, we have spoken to many, many parents on NRL Nation uh, over the last few years. Uh, we've spoken to you many times, but not as a parent uh, and a proud father, of course, of what Sean did, not not just on the field, as you said, Sats. Jeez, he was impressive off the field, how humble he stayed. It would be easy to get carried away in it all. But he was just uh, perfect in all angles there, Sean O'Sullivan. And we have spoken today to Peter O'Sullivan, who's leading the charge at the Dolphins. And, Peter, we're very appreciative of your time, mate. And, and, and well done. And, and you know that I know you well. And I'm very proud of you and uh, Sean and the family. Uh, so congratulations, Pete. Thanks, Jolly. Appreciate it, mate. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.